Hello and welcome to the Frame Technologies podcast. I'm your host, Melissa, and in this episode, we'll be revisiting Griffin House. Griffin House, an award-winning timber frame property, has captured the imaginations of self-builders across the country. It's a five-bed, two-storey home built by Chris and Jenny using timber frame, and in particular, Frame Technologies' very own TechVantage S timber frame system. As the chosen timber frame supplier, Frame Technologies had to come up with specific solutions to integrate some key features into the couple's dream home. These features included a cantilevered staircase, a stunning floating balcony, and some awe-inspiring vaulted ceilings, all achieved through timber frame solutions. For Chris and Jenny, energy efficiency was at the forefront of their design. And when the house was completed, it achieved a SAP rating of 99. And it also achieved the highest passive house standard when tested for airtightness. It's probably therefore not surprising to learn that Griffin House won Best Timber Frame Home at the 2021 Build It Awards. If you haven't already, I'd really advise you go to the Frame Technologies website and read the Griffin House case study, which can be found on our case studies page. At Frame Technologies, we believe one of the best ways you can learn about self-building is by listening to the homeowners of self-built properties themselves. And I'm delighted to say that we've got the owners of Griffin House on the line right now. Hello, Chris and Jenny. Hello. It's great that you can join us today for the podcast. We're really looking forward to hearing about what life is like in Griffin House. Now, I think there'll be a lot of listeners today who may not have heard your story. So I was wondering if you could take it back to when it all started and tell us a little bit more about your self-built journey. We've always wanted to improve our homes. We've um, lived in a variety of different houses over the years. And the last home we're in, we we ended up building a granny flat um, over a a triple garage. And we use uh, Simon's... uh, frame technology system so we we'd met um building with wood frame before and uh, when we came to actually think about building our own house we finally had the opportunity there was no question we wanted to use a wood frame so once you decided to build with timber frame what were the next steps when did you find your plot so we found this plot yeah early 2017 and actually get started on site till october 18 and then i suppose by christmas 18 the, the structure was up and we were beginning to cloud it. And we moved in about a year later, uh, October 90. And then the place was finished by 2020, mm-hmm. Easter time, yeah, roughly. So um, we, we've been in for the last two years, thoroughly enjoying it. And how hands-on were you in this journey? We didn't intend to be true self-builders, hands-on self-builders. We couldn't find a builder who would seem to be interested in building it or or at a price that we thought was reasonable, or in the time scale we were reasonable. It was reasonable, um, and it was Simon that actually encouraged us just to get on and do it ourselves because he said you built a garage and a you know all the rest of it. What's stopping you? Um, I think without his encouragement, we probably well I'm not sure what we would be doing. We uh, did it as a self build, truly self build, and we spent probably a good six months when we were on site, eight ten hours a day for it six seven days a week we needed to be retired frame technologies takes a fabric first approach to self-build projects i'd like to know a little bit more about your fabric first approach how did you discover the concept of a fabric first approach did you get any help from the managing director of frame technologies simon orals did he give you any advice 
on the Fabric First approach. We'd been to the Swindon House Centre and we'd listened to a character called Dave Hilton who talks about heat and energy. And we met him after one of his shows. He talked to us and yes, it fabric first and get the insulation in and then worry about how you heat it inside afterwards. After all, the sun will probably give you most of your heat. And we had all that in our heads. And about the same time, we ran into Simon again and, and he was talking about a Tech Vantage S, a more insulated outer skin than we'd had when we did the garage block. Dave Hilton helped us by saying, go and get your SAP calculations done by a friend of his. And we could then say, well, if we increase the amount of insulation underneath the floor, it'll have this effect and it'll save us this amount of money in the future. So we had all those calcs done and we were aiming for about a a B++ in terms of um, SAP calculations at that stage knowing full well that by the time we'd added the panels on the roof and we'd finished off all the uh, the, the sort of uh, the the air tightness, if we got a good air tightness result, then the overall build would be um, sort of passive house standard. We weren't worried about getting the accreditation, but we were aiming for that level of uh, insulation. So Frame Technologies was your chosen timber frame provider. MD Simon Orals recommended that you go for a Tech Vantage S system, but were there any other ways in which they helped you on this project? Yeah, picking that system for the walls. And then after that, probably discussing with uh, Frame Technology whether we wanted extra insulation in the floors and the internal walls. Um, that probably it certainly improved the sound insulation between rooms. Uh, and will have helped to keep everything cosy, I suppose. I mean, we we went over and above what uh, frame technology suggested in terms of insulation in the loft, for instance. But again, Simon provided a good base amount and we just added to it because we had spare insulation at that stage. Um, in terms of design, um, yes, we, we'd had an architect who'd given us the overall shape and some of the detail within the house, but working with Simon, we refined it and even when the frame had arrived on site, we ended up moving some walls around because standing in the room, when, when you built it, you realise actually if the wall was a 300 mil to the left, it would be rather better. You know, So we, we did those sorts of changes. And again, that's a big plus for, frame, for, for wood frame houses because you can actually make those changes. Simon came and enlarged the doorway <laughs> very late on because um, it, it wasn't big enough and it never had been big enough, but we haven't realised that. So again, there's some flexibility around that. I don't know that we gained an enormous amount in terms of more technology from, from Simon. I mean, he just encouraged us to, to go and ask and, uh, you know. But he, the other thing, he was very happy to incorporate it. When, when we decided what we, we were going to use, he talked to the suppliers to make sure that yeah. all the holes were in the steel beams at the right place so they could run their pipes and mm. the, the ducting and made it as easy as possible. And the biggest thing for us there was probably getting the staircase in. Um, he designed the internal wall so it could carry out a cantilever, you know, so the cantilever yeah, staircase I mean, would work. But in terms of, of energy, he just worked with the oh, surprise yeah. to make sure when they came to put in the, the uh, sort of speed pumps and the, and the um, heat recovery systems, they weren't thinking, oh, crumbs, how do I get around steel beam? He, he had got all that sorted mm. with yeah. him yeah, true. before, so it, it all worked seamlessly. I have to say we gave Simon some headaches because we have cantilever balconies and he went, do you really want cantilever balconies? Because, of course, we break the seal. We're bridging across the wall, giving him a, a potential cold spot. So he had to come up with solutions to solve that, and he did. 
So as we were going around buying windows and doors, and as we were looking at different types of cladding, we were we were keen to make sure always we kept our mu values as low as possible. And that meant when we ended up with a house, it, it it's really very easy to heat, and uh, the sun's energy heats it three four months over the year without needing any energy at all. So this brings me on to my next question. Thanks to taking a fabric first approach and building with Timberframe, specifically Frame Technology's very own TechVantage S system, you've got a home that has high energy performance, is extremely well insulated, and has achieved the highest passive house standard when it was tested for air tightness. So you've got all that in place. What have you also then done to ensure that this is a really eco-friendly home that benefits you and is kind to the environment? What kind of heating technologies have you put into this house to achieve that? Well, we're all electric and um, the air source heat pump provides the energy. A lot of the electricity for that heat pump system comes off the panels. We've got 40 panels on the roof facing a good number of them east and a small number south just because that's the plot and that's where the sun is. But uh, the air source heat pump provides the energy and it puts it into a couple of big tanks, one for the hot water, for the taps, and the other one for the underfloor heating. And we're underfloor heating downstairs and upstairs. Uh, We have a a heat recovery ventilation system, which just saves us wasting energy when you ventilate a bathroom. You throw most of the heat out uh, out the vent. So what that system does is it captures that heat from the bathrooms and the kitchen and recycles it and brings fresh air in. So we've got a few extra pipes around the house, but the end result is the air that's coming in, the fresh air that's coming in, is actually heated to within two degrees of the house air that's gone out, or which, which is waste energy. The other bits of technology we've got in the house basically are, you know, we've, we've gone for appliances which don't use too much energy. So all LED systems on the lights, and the whole place is controlled, so we don't waste energy. You know, we've got thermostats everywhere. And, uh, we heat the, pl- the bits of the house that we want to use at the times of the day that we want to use them. And with these heating technologies in place, are you thinking about your energy use or are you having to worry about conserving your energy use? Is that something that's always at the forefront of your mind? No, no. I mean, the, the, the controls are so good and the heat retention of the house is so good. Um, we, we don't worry about it at all. I think when we first were here, I used to be very aware that if the sun was shining, the panels were, were generating electricity, which at that point was just going straight back into the grid. So I used to run washing machines and things like that. Now, we now have, have batteries but um, we have two um, Tesla batteries. And so don't think about it at all, because if the sun isn't shining, we take the energy from the batteries from when it has been shining. So I don't think we we really consider it at all anymore. We've got thermostats in every room. So um, there's, a, there's a system called Heat Miser that uh, helps us to profile each room. We have profiles for bedrooms, profiles for living rooms, profiles for a sort of evening use lounge. And that allows us to set the, the temperatures we want in each room. But the house is so well insulated, the heat travels around the place very easily. And um, for instance, today, in fact, it, from May onwards, we shan't be heating the house at all because the sun will put enough heat into this house and it'll then retain it overnight for the next day. So this, this house is, you know, the house is about 24 or 25 degrees at present. Just from the sun's rays, there's been no heating put into it at all. 
the Tesla and Octopus scheme sounds like it's really helping you. Um, could you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, when we first when we first turned the house on and started using it, um, Octopus and Tesla hadn't got together at that stage, and we were getting something like five p a unit for the for electricity that we produced excess and sent out to the grid. And I think we were paying more like 15p, three times that for energy that we brought in. The amount that we get for any energy that we export, and we end, we can end up exporting, I don't know, 25 to 30, 40 even kilowatt hours a day. Um, the price of that electricity is the same as the price it comes back. And it comes in and out at the same price of about 11.2p or something at present. But to us, it doesn't matter now because we're not wasting any energy because the price in and the same as the price out. Sadly, this October, that price, that, that deal will end and then we'll go to a time of use tariff so that uh, that's the way the current Tesla scheme works. Um, so the panels heat up the house and we store that and the batteries fill up with energy all the way through the day. And then about half past four, it starts exporting it to the grid and we keep three or four local houses happily supplied. <laughs> and then um, we wait until its uh, energy is really cheap in two o'clock in the morning and uh, the batteries will fill up again. But they'll only fill up as far as Tesla knows, depending on the weather. So if it's going to be a sunny day. They won't actually top it up at all overnight. They'll wait for the sun to do it. If it's going to be a grey overcast day, they might fill it up to 60%. So overall, that system costs us about £65 a month, um, which in the current energy crisis is really extremely good. That's for the entire house because we have no other fuel source at all. So £65 a month runs this house. Yeah, and then you put alongside that the fact we put in rainwater harvesting. So we don't pay much for water either. I think you have to add about £10 for water. That's our entire outgoing, £75 a month, keeping this house on the road. Were you aware of these technologies? Were you aware of the possibilities of working with air source heat pumps? Was that something you previously considered or had in other buildings? We've um, never been able to have a, a, an air source heat pump before no. because we've never had a property where you could put uh, underfloor heating yeah. in. Or um, enough insulation. Or enough it? insulation to make it no. sensible. But, and it isn't for every house, I'm afraid. I wish it was. Many of the older older properties in the village it wouldn't be sensible to put air source heat pumps in because they need to start by cladding them in a blanket of insulation. That's the yeah. first thing to do. Yeah. The amount of insulation that just came in as soon as the frame was erected gave us a head start on everything. I mean, it was that was the big hmm. thing, probably created the most. Hmm. And then we've just added and added to it. There will be people listening along today who too want to build a passive house home. So I was wondering, could you tell us what it's like to live in a passive house home. We take no notice of it in a sense because it's so comfortable and, so, and until you're talking to other people and then you realise that actually, yes, you go out of the lounge into the hall and you don't suddenly think, oh, I'll be out of here quickly. I mean, the whole house is warm. There are no drafts. If um, we open a window, the drafts don't come in either because no, they've got nowhere to go because there's no, there's no holes in the fabric. Um, in the winter time, we can keep the whole the whole place shut up. All the windows are closed. No, no, no um, places where air is leaking at all. But it's still fresh air in in each of the rooms. So it's a comfortable house. Yeah. We get far fewer uh, uh, in in terms of the amount of dust that's generated. So yeah. we don't have to clean it that off. That is that's the experience. It's comfortable. Yeah, it's it's warm. Yeah. Easy to live in.
We've had people visit who who've come and said they want to see what a, a timber frame house would look like, and they've come in and they go, but it looks like an ordinary house. Well, yeah, I mean, it's only the construction that's slightly different, but it is an ordinary house. And yes, we've got all the controls and all the, the insulation to make it comfortable. But when you look at it and when you live in it, it's just a very comfortable, ordinary house. Maybe not too ordinary. Well, no, but different about it, except there clearly is. I really like that description of living in a passive house home. And all of that serious planning you put in at the start of your project with your fabric first approach is paying off. And you've got this home that is so well calibrated to your needs. Did you visit any other passive house homes? I don't think we knew that before. And I, I, we went to a we went to see a passive house in Bedfordshire. Yeah. It was a show house at that time, so I suppose the, and the people who were showing us were the people who were trying to sell us the the idea, yeah. the idea, and, and therefore it wasn't anybody who was living in it. It seemed the right thing to do, and actually, yes, we yeah. we're very pleased we did. <laughs> now, you've done it. You've done the journey. You went from start to finish, and you've got your dream forever home. Do you have any advice? for people who are about to set off with their projects, who are about to start building, what would you say to them? I think the thing I would say is look after your contractors. Yes, make sure you choose good contractors, but look after them. Um, for us, that meant being on site, opening up in the morning, making sure they had everything they needed. So make sure you order materials and so on in early. Too much stuff into a skip. Um, yeah, keep the refreshments going. Show and interest in their work. Just show interest don't, in their don't work. Don't expect them to do it, but actually... And if, if, if you don't like it, because ask them about it and see why they've done that. Work with them. They're highly professional people and they're well worth cultivating. And I think we were lucky with ours, but I think you make your own luck in terms of yeah. contractors. I think one thing I would say is don't go into it thinking you know all the answers about exactly what you want from your house because you learn as the house develops and things that you thought were absolutely crucial that you had, you suddenly realise that actually, no, in this house, yes, I want it, but I don't want it the way I was thinking I was going to have it. I mean, that might be kitchen design or it might be a particular floor thing that you really thought would be suitable. You have to learn with the house. We certainly did. Yeah. There were certain things that we didn't do um, for some time because we just needed to get the feel of a modern house because we'd had old houses in the past and until we'd been in the house got the feel of the house we didn't actually really quite know what it was we wanted for a particular space sometimes you find something that works better and finally if you heard that someone was going to work with frame technologies and use them as their timber frame provider what would you say well, we would say go for it because uh, um, it's been very successful as far as, as far as we're concerned. We have a very comfortable house. Um, we can throw open the windows and doors to get let the light in and for us to go in and out, you know, onto the patio very easily. And the house still remains warm and cosy. The airtightness of the house is something we've never managed to get anywhere close to achieving. And, you know, we've, we've lived in old Victorian properties and older with... Uh, rattly sash windows that let all the the, um, the warm air out and floors which have no insulation underneath um, and, and so we're, we know all the problems of the older houses it's just great to be in a place where you know whatever energy you put in won't be wasted and it'll keep you warm. I think the other thing is because we were hands-on self-builders although we didn't intend to be we did all the um, 
lining with the uh, paper, the permeable paper, and sealing all the joints, we put up miles, miles and miles <laughs> of the tape. We co covered every joint, every seal, every hole, every everything. So, I mean, partly we know that it's airtight because we made it airtight. And we inspected everything and we did everything to make sure it was as we wanted it. We did go around with a the thermal camera to see if there were any holes. I mean, with a the thermal camera, this house in the winter, it was 21, 22 degrees inside and negative four outside. Because you've got the insulation in the walls, you could achieve that. What I'm sensing is, is that by choosing the right timber frame provider for you, Frame Technologies, you are actually able to gain a lot of expertise and a lot of support in making sure that your project was going to meet your aims. If we built yes. another house, we'd be back with them, but um, we're, not, we're not planning. I'm not planning on doing that. I don't know. No, not this week. <laughs> we would use them again like a shop because we they were provided what we needed. They were helpful. They were cooperative. No, couldn't fault them. Do not worry. I think it is really clear to anyone who knows your story that Griffin House is your forever home. Thank you so much, Chris and Jenny, for joining us today. And we're so glad to hear that the home is meeting your objectives still. Well, very nice to meet you too. And uh, thanks, Ethan. Thank, thank you so thank much you. for joining us. Bye. Bye then. We really hope you enjoyed our first podcast, but we are also aware that it may have raised more questions for you. If you'd like to know more about building with Timberframe, you can head to the Frame Technologies website that's www.frametechnologies.co.uk. On the website, you can find out more about Frame Technologies, what they do, and their three technology options from the Tech Vantage series. If you've already decided you want to build in Timberframe, getting a quote from Frame Technologies could not be easier. Depending on how far you have progressed, there are two different types of quotation that Frame Technologies can provide to give you an idea of your self-build cost. If you're in the early stages of your project and you have not yet decided on budgets and building solutions, Frame Technologies can advise you accordingly based on pre-planning drawings alone. This is not a final quotation, but the expert team can provide an indication of the costs for your build. If you have progressed further through the build process, Frame Technologies can provide a quotation based on approved planning drawings, proposed U-values, air tightness targets, timescales, site conditions and access. To begin the quotation process, simply send your drawings and supporting information by email. Frame Technologies accepts drawings in both DWG and PDF formats and the email address is enquiries at frametechnologies.co.uk. We look forward to hearing from you soon.